0: Hey guys, welcome to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Kuzeski with Adam Atkinson, and we're gonna do another series, another episode in our series, Coaching Behind the Scenes. So I, I really liked our start in this, Adam, because I feel like it really does give both clients and coaches a perspective that they often don't get when they're just on one side of that divide. So the first time we talked about communication and how important that is and, and what that's like on both sides, I thought this would be a great week to talk about from a coach's perspective what it really takes to win, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to become a champion even beyond what you may think possible. And and I'm guessing that we're going to have some of these character traits and and uh dis- distributive behaviors that are the same. They're going to overlap, but I'm very interested. I think I think we'll go like like one for one and see see if we can end up almost uh, guessing each other's list. So I'm going to let you go first. If you could say one thing, Adam, this is the thing a competitor has to do, or this is a personality trait I see in those who succeed at the highest level, what do you think that very most important top trait has to be?
1: I, I think it's going to be good communication for sure. Um, if, if someone communicates well, they communicate what they want. As yes one on my list they want that can be very very helpful so yeah i think that uh, communication is massive and i i literally just had a great example of this is um you know one of my clients she really wanted a meal plan going into her peak week so you know because she asked for that i was able to deliver that versus just giving her macros for the week So some people just want that rigid structure. She was afraid she would mess something up for the week so she felt more comfortable. Of course, with that, I said, for me to not mess this up, I need a really rigid food log of like literally everything you eat, everything you season on your food, uh, because I don't wanna miss anything. So um, sometimes going to that kind of structure could be just as bad if I don't catch something. So um, you know, had she not let me know that I can't make her a happy customer. So well, one of the things that I would tag onto that, because
0: yes, that was that was number four on my list was communication. Um I, I think this is where both parties, the coach and the client, have to be patient with each other, but have to pursue a deeper, better relationship. So I was actually on a video chat last night with one of my clients, and this is somebody who asks for, she proactively every three to four weeks says, hey, can we catch up with a quick chat? And every single time, I of course say yes, but then I, I kind of scratch my head, I'm looking through our notes, I'm looking through all the data, and I'm thinking, okay, "You know, what are we gonna talk about? I'm not sure, you know, there's, there's, which is fine, I'm, I'm just going, I'm, I'm trying to be prepared but I always walk away from those conversations thinking, man, that was an amazing conversation. We, we, we work through some things that are maybe looking out in the future and, and helping her understand where we're headed and, and answering her questions. So it was never about what I need to, quote, teach somebody. They just really needed to, to have that face time and, and get some questions answered and, and just connect a little bit more deeply. And, and I think that's incredibly important because those are the clients who I really do believe end up succeeding at a much higher level because they, they just feel so much more in sync and there's just a greater trust between coach and client that way.
1: Yeah, there's obviously a lot of different ways you can connect with clients. We've done team zoom calls and even though they're not one-on-one, one reason I like those is uh, you sometimes have shyer people in the group and they're just saying they're watching and then you, the emails start rolling in right after the zoom call. Uh, so it, it sometimes, sometimes people don't know the questions to ask or they're, you know, they're not sure. So being on the zoom calls with other clients, they can see the questions they're asking and it gets them kind of thinking, Oh, I never really thought about that. So, um, I think some people almost trust us too much where they really just uh, go with the flow. And that's great too. But at the same time, those people get a little bit harder to know as an individual. And, uh, you know, the more we know about people, the more we can individualize things for them.
0: Right. You know, and and we were kind of joking on the Zoom call. Uh, He said, hey, I, I saw in one of your Contest Prep University videos that you said, just in passing, like a client called you and said, blah, blah, blah. And he said... Why don't I have your phone number? And I'm like, come on, man! I said you got to at least renew a couple times. Maybe name a a child after me or something, and then then you can have my phone number. But in reality, you know, those people who we do get to meet, we we go to a show, we get to meet them, we get to you know have a meal with them, those kind of things, just hang out and chat. You know, not not only do you become a client that just has a deeper connection with us, even even if it's just a, a phone call or video chat. You, we, we become friends. I mean, I feel like most of my clients are, are, you know, pretty good friends after a while and you get to know them and you're talking about more than just, you know, how you look and body composition. But um, that, that's just something I, I, w- I would say, you know, I, I teach my Apex coaches this in, in, a, in a section in our curriculum in, in my fitness entrepreneur business mentorship program, you know, swinging for the fence, going big. And sometimes I'll ask them, who's the person in your industry, in your field, who you respect the most that you think, man, if I could have a crew, it'd be just like that person. And they'll, they'll name that person. And I'll say, well, have you ever talked to them? Like, gosh, no, why would I do that? Or how could I do that? And I, you have to ask. You have to, you have to go somewhere. You know, if they're putting on a clinic or a seminar somewhere, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta pay the price. You have to go somewhere in their orbit and start knocking on that door. And with our own clients, it literally can be just as simple as asking for a phone call or a quick video chat. And then, you know, I I know you and I both are dealing with with businesses and client loads that we just can't sit on the phone 18 hours a day with clients shooting the shit. Like we, they they have to be in a responsible manner, but it still can be just a a, a total game changer for you as a client.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's always been, Something for me is when I get to do a show with a client or I actually get to meet them, uh, that always just seems to, regardless how they place it, it seems to really take things to the next level. You know, I know that person better and, uh, you know, it just builds the relationship more. Um, So, meeting at shows, um, having phone calls, all those things definitely help. Well, I'll tell you what's on the top of my list
0: because that was that was also in my top five. So I think that's a great first step, Adam. My first one is being open-minded, having that that client, having that athlete who says, "Yeah, I'm I'm willing. Like I I'll do whatever you say. I I want to learn from you. That's why I'm here." And as you said a few minutes ago, we don't want blind trust. We don't want people just to grovel at our feet and, and do whatever we say. I, I want there to be some inquisitiveness and some, you know, checking where it needs to be done. But I was again on a call this week with a new client. So she was interested in, in hiring me. We got on the phone, we chatted. Uh, I created her programming, sent it to her with a nice video message. She video messaged me back. Then we set up another phone call to go through some details. So a lot of communication in this front week, as we were just describing in your first point and one of the things as she was going through her list of questions, she's like, "Yeah, I've never, I've never done that, but I'm really looking forward to trying that." And you know, tell me a little bit why you want to do this because I haven't heard of that. And yeah, that sounds amazing. Like I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. And every single point that we discussed was always met with this, this just great level of curiosity and willingness. Where you probably understand, Adam, there are people on the other side of that continuum who are just resistant to everything. Like, that's not how that works. Or why would you do that? That's stupid. Or this is how I do it. And you know, that, that, that does not create a a good coaching atmosphere. I think, you know, one that's going to allow somebody to accelerate and and really take those steps necessary to tap into our greatest level of coaching experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I actually lost a client this week because lack of being open-minded and, uh, we were doing some programming together. Um, I had her doing power lifts focusing on progressive overload. And she said, I, I'm a competitor. I don't think I need to be doing power lifting. And I said, well, your program's not all power lifting, but the progressive overload is focused on the power lifts. But we're going to, after four more weeks of this, take it into a hypertrophy block. She had already put 30 pounds on her maxes. But her friend came to her and said, I don't know why you're training like this. (laughs) And, and I, I clearly said, I said, you know, this is why I have you doing this. But I said, if your friend has more, you know, authority than me, this is never going to work. And uh, she, you know, I got the email back. That's like definitely going in a different direction. I said, that's fine. Your friend had already won from day one, but you know, yeah, if you're not open minded, um, you know, and the hard thing with that was I, I wanted to give her what she wanted, but not at the expense for her not performing well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so,
0: you know, communication our, our first big principle. Second, being open minded. What's a what's a third one, a third trait that you think is very important for success?
1: I think being receptive to negative feedback, um, bad placements, things of that nature, uh, I, I didn't really, when I wrote that on my list, I, I couldn't think of a, a great catchphrase for that. Mm-hmm. But some of my best clients have been the ones who have received bad feedback, had bad placements, and they don't immediately jump to the next coach because they had a bad show or um, they they're also accountable for um part of that process. you know i I'm really good at involving my clients in the process on you know, especially with bikini criteria because it's a uh, it's so subjective on that level you You really have to agree together how you think, what strategy you think they're going to place their best in, especially with a experienced competitor, especially with someone on the pro level. And when you start getting that judge's feedback, you're going to find out, you know, was your strategy the best strategy? And then having that client allow you to have the patience to, you know, give it another shot, fine tune it a little more, and uh, get a little bit closer to that strike zone for like an Olympia qualification. And if they keep giving you more chances and you keep delivering, there's, uh, there's just going to be such a powerful dynamic. Um, a great example of this is uh, Brittany uh, Hamilton. She's kind of a larger bikini competitor. And uh, our feedback kept saying we were too big. Our feedback last year was she was too hard so this year we said you know what we're going to just have to do our own thing this year and we're going to have to go where we've never gone before which is uh, six pounds leaner than she had ever been but we actually kept her water down and we kept uh, stress up a little higher so she wasn't as a uh, you know we'll say dry on stage so um basically we, we basically burned intramuscular body fat with that six pounds, which made her look smaller. And uh, it worked. She got her best placement she ever had. Uh, but when we discussed doing that, I said, I need you to be really open-minded because we're, we're basically shooting a half-court to a full-court shot because this is complete opposite of any feedback we've gotten. But nobody knows our body like me and you do so what do you think about doing this?
0: Yeah, I have a couple of people that I've spoken to just recently who also had to do that. A transition from figure to bikini. I'm like, man, you know, it's great to have that advantage where you're almost too good for bikini. You have too much muscle. You get too lean. Then we can play with those variables. But um, I'm interested how you keep somebody's stress up. Did you have her like sleeping with rattlesnakes or like how do you, how do you, how do you make somebody <laughs> stressed all the time?
1: I, I thought uh, pythons would be yeah. safer, but uh, no. So what we did is we actually did keep her cardio relatively high. Um, so we we kept recovery modalities at bay, and uh, that that kept her a little more stressed. And uh, at, at that point too, we we really did focus on um, you know not having much water or food even before her show as well. And uh, we also made sure that we just didn't really carve up at all. So that made a big difference on just kind of bringing her in more flat, so to speak. So your character trait on what it takes to become a champion was
0: the ability to take negative feedback, uh, be able to be you know, constructive with that and not let it derail you. On my list, I wrote that down as being long game minded. And I often talk to my clients about having a game within the game. If you think from day one, the first time you go on stage, you're going to be an IFBB Pro, win the Olympia, et cetera, you, you know, you're in pretty, pretty small company in terms of the, the probability of that. But if you can keep progressing and, and first, you know, the first game within the game is are you improving? Are you getting better? Are you learning your body so that you can become more consistent and predictable with your own uh, contest achievements and progression, but are you also willing to say, well, that's what I wanted to accomplish this time? Maybe a certain placing, or maybe a certain feature, just like your your overall look. Even if you don't win, knowing that winning can take time. You know, not not everybody comes out in their their first round and just just destroys it. And so, I, I think the way you articulated that, Adam, just having the ability to take negative feedback. It is incredibly important because when you get deflated, and it can be a powerful negative force where you feel embarrassed, you feel like it was a waste of time, you feel like, you know, why am I even doing this? I see a lot of people crumble, but from a guy right here who has literally placed last at every single level I ever advanced through, I can say, Just, just out of my own innate nature. I mean, this is nothing I've worked on. I always just went home working harder. I just said, okay, that sucked, and I'm never gonna feel that level of suck again. I'm gonna come back and win. So my very first show placed last. You know, worked through the the uh, I don't know the, the the novices and the opens, and then to regional shows and national shows, and it was last, last, last. But then I would come back and win, and then even as a pro, get my pro card first. First time on the stage, last. Then it was just beating somebody. Then it was coming in, you know, in the top eight, then the top five. And just every single step of the way, every year for a 20-year career, all of those painful spots of negative feedback were just simply the constructive criticism I needed to fuel me for that next level.
1: Yeah. I always liked competing in bigger shows, because I knew I was going to get beat. And, uh, you know, one thing that I will never forget was my first show, I did not get a top five call out. But I, you know, standing behind scenes on the diagonal as the top five was called out. um, I just realized everyone's back was way bigger than mine, even when they were doing non back poses so i remember watching the most muscular i'm like these guys backs are gigantic and they're not even posing their backs right now so you know that stuck in my mind for every training session i did up until my next show and it man did it make me better it made me so much better
0: yeah that is that is absolutely that grind that that you do like you just said you take it to every single workout and that is always one of the greatest motivators. I mean, you, you, you literally just took me back to those days when I was still competing, because that is, that is the driving force behind every workout, was exactly what I needed
1: to work on most for that next season. I had a uh, client who did prep this year, and you know, I just knew she didn't put 100% in, and she knew it too. Um, And she was very upset. Um, This was post-Arnold. And uh, I said something to her. I said, I am very sad that you're crying and this upset, but I truly want you to remember how you feel right now. And I want you to go into your next prep and say, I'm not going to feel this way again. So your whole off season, I do want you to remember this moment of us together and you being upset But remember that you're not going to feel this way the next time you compete. And uh, she's had a really incredible off-season because that's just really stuck with her. And, of course, I'm sympathetic when people are crying and upset. But, uh, you know, I I find when people bounce back from that, they're mature. They uh, do very, very well. And they they tend to have already developed all these qualities that we're talking about. Mm. Well, you just touched on what I had second
0: on my la- my list, which is the the character trait of just being consistent. And I, I I put a little you know parenthetical beside that, which was you know not getting behind because there there are some clients, and I have some right now that are always like, oh, this wasn't a good week, but we'll we'll get them next time. And you know this happened and this happened, and so this didn't work out, but. And, you know, they're they're pretty chill about it, which is good. Like, I want people to feel like this is a sustainable, normal part of life. But at the same time, you're, you're going to run out of time. And if you want to be on a stage against other people who have dedicated their entire year, entire career to that moment in time, and you've been treating it like that, like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. You're, you're going to, you're going to find out that that shows up in the results. And so I, I think one of the most important character traits we can have is to make sure we embed this process in our lives and in our schedules in a way that fits, that we can just make those decisions based on our principles and our values toward ourselves to be consistent. Um, because man, it just, it is just one little decision point at a time, that can take a day of progress away or a week of progress away. And that was always in my mind. Like even when I was training clients in person, like you know, doing personal training as well as posing, coaching, and, and all the nutrition work, Adam, I'm in somebody's ear whispering to them, like what do you think your competitors are doing right now? Are, are they working harder than you? Are they gonna quit two reps shy? are they going to give in and eat that food tonight that you're thinking about eating like those are the kind of things that a champion thinks about and somebody who's going to eventually win they will never let somebody just just roll them over because they're willing to put in the work you have to be that consistent from day 1 that's just what this sport requires you don't you don't get three strikes every time a bat you don't get nine innings you get one shot on that stage, and that's it.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's uh so different now with Instagram because sometimes you do get to see your competitors to some degree, but you never know what your comp- – you know, how many times do we go to a show and we think we have a pro card, and then that one person shows up that you've never seen, like, ever, and you're like, where did they come from? and they kind of ruin your uh, chances Mm -hmm. and uh, I I had a girl uh, Mary she told me and she said I will only prep with you if you promise not to tell anyone I'm doing it Mm -hmm. and uh, she wanted that as like you know if I decide I get there I don't want to do it I can pull out and it's no big deal she showed up the day of the show Mm -hmm. she won everything my girls were very upset why would she do that and not announce it. I'm like, well, everyone has the right to, you know, prep in silence or be very vocal about it. And uh, Mary was this uh, client's name. She wanted to be very silent about it. And uh, it it was uh, really awesome because she did it just very silently, no bitching and complaining. She just went in, grinded and called it a day
0: awesome that's that is definitely a trait of a champion do you have anything left on your list that that you, you think has to happen
1: for somebody to win big you know there was something i was thinking of and uh i think that uh for me it's just one of the biggest things that someone can um do is just be honest with yourself too this is a uh you have to be really honest because when you're talking about your body, it's just a very vulnerable spot to be in. So, um, you know, getting right to the point and saying, you know, my glutes need to be bigger. Um, just being honest with yourself on what you need to change can be very, very vulnerable for sure, because we are talking about our body and our image. And, uh, I think that, uh, being honest and, uh, not really beating around the bush because I think a lot of people when they communicate with me, they still do feel vulnerable, even though I'm here to help them. So I just think being honest is, uh, is definitely, you know, that goes with tracking too. But I think when people talk about their bodies, they're sometimes not as open as they could be. Yeah. I think,
0: I think very parallel to that is also, being honest in your assessment of other people because you know how many times do you get your your clients who may have missed a a win by one point or one placement and they you know they always say oh that was political that was rigged everybody in the audience thought i was supposed to win and and you look at those pictures and you're like well yeah it's definitely close but here's exactly what that person had over you and absolutely i mean i I can see you guys trading first place votes but Here's why other judges did not see it that way. That's a level of honesty that does require some maturity because otherwise you're not going to be able to go through those other traits you and I discussed and work on the things you need to work on. If, if you think that you are entitled or you have arrived, you have everything you need, you're above reproach, nobody else even can lay a finger on you, you're not going to improve. And so I, I think that's, that's a really important one, Adam.
1: Yeah, I've always said if someone has one thing on you, they deserve to beat you you know, um, because that's probably that one thing they were looking for. Well, there's, there's
0: one last one that I have on my list and, and we've, we've kind of touched on it tangentially, but it's, it's truly, I think anybody who ends up being a, a master champion, somebody who just goes in that they win an IBB pro card or they win at the pro level world championships, Olympic championships, anything that you can say is just the elite for that person They didn't do it by accident. This is somebody who has that Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you know, Larry Bird kind of mentality that there is just no plan B. Nobody is going to take this away from them. They will do anything it takes to win. And that's a hard thing to say because you and I would both temper that with, well, you know, you also have to think about your career and your family, and this can't be too obsessive. But when you have the time to channel that obsessiveness, that's what champions do. It goes back into, like I said, we talked about consistency and communication and and finding the ways to win and be honest with yourself and take negative feedback. All those things we talked about, you still have to funnel that all into the fact that if I'm going to win this, absolutely nobody's going to get in my way. I will do anything it takes. And you and I have both had competitors like that, clients like that. And, and it's, it's the difference maker. That's, that's the difference between second place and first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you do come across those clients that are just, they were definitely born to compete (laughs) and, uh, it, it's, uh, almost like they were going to get a pro card, no matter who they worked with, uh, type situation. But, You've got to have a mindset to match that because I've had plenty of people who have came in and they do look the part but the mind just didn't match the body to you know once you're on that pro level everyone has the genetics typically to do it um, they may find their self at a glass ceiling but a lot of times people on the pro level, we're born to do it. And I find the mindset is the one thing that really separates the really good pros from just like the average pros. Absolutely, man.
0: You just brought this great example to my mind that I'll say for another time. It's it's one of my own kids who could be in the NFL or, or MLB right now, but just didn't want that. Just doesn't have that competitive warrior spirit like you just described. And so for him to continue down that path he probably would have made it, but he would have potentially hated his life and always thought, I'm just doing this because my dad wanted me to or somebody said I could or should, you know, coaches' influence. And so, yeah, I mean, some some people have that. Some people can cultivate it. But it definitely has to be an accelerator that you can push down at will and you can redline that level of commitment because that's, that's what other people are doing and, and they want to take away – the biggest prize, just like you do.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, and uh, I've always said, you know, regardless of where my clients end up, I do want to make sure they're happy with their life afterwards, and that they uh, they do have a balance between bodybuilding and um, you know life. So um, I think me and you are both huge on that, obviously. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. Well, that's what we wanted to chat with you about today. So I hope you're liking our newer, longer form version. We'll we'll get back to some other formats soon, but I wanted to go through this coaching behind the scenes series as a way to kind of wrap up 2020, get everybody, you know, into the next contest season or we start getting more topical and analytical. But uh, these are the traits that I think, and of course, Adam thinks that you need to have if you're going to win big, if you're going to be a massive champion, the next legend, And we will see you next time in Contest Prep University.